The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut to it, cut to it, let's get down to it, cut to it. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. You know it's If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. Because you know it's on. It's on. Yeah. I, I like to drive. I yeah. do not like to sit. You don't like traffic. to sit. No. Yeah. I used to be moving. Jeff Gordon, the retired driver of the number 24 car. He's a four-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, and he has the third most wins in NASCAR history. Right now, he's a Fox Sports analyst. Let's talk ball. <laughs> but, um, no football, yeah, no basketball. Same sticking ball sport. Yeah. So, so <laughs> let's talk gears. There you go. So, right, in, talk, in talking these gears... We're going to be okay with showing the lack of understanding we have. And, and, yeah, and for the listeners, it may be dumb questions. But for. Nah, there's never a dumb question. I love educating people. You got you to you gotta school me and Smith on NASCAR. I love educating people. But there are on, some on dumb sport. questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There really is. Yeah. They're really. I, I just used imagine, to think, imagine NASCAR 101 and you're the professor. Yes. Here we go. I'll try. I'm not a professor, but I told you how for, bad for, I was in school. For us, you are. <laughs> yeah. I'll pretend. PhD. Sen- sensei. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have a routine while driving? If so, what was that routine? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, I think a routine is so important. Um, but we're, we're talking about driving a car, though. Well, I'm probably talking about routine of prepping see, to get in the car. That's what I, yeah, see, that's yeah. what I wanted to know. Yeah, I mean, to me, and you have to understand, and and I'm I'm See? a bit ignorant to to you know what your day would have looked like on on game day, but on race day, it's you you're at, with sponsors and fans, and mm. you know you're interacting with all these different people from the time you get up in the morning wow. on race day. That's just part of it, man. I mean, it's that part's hours, always crazy to me. Hours. I, I would be. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if it was hours, but you're. You would go to three to four different hospitalities, suites, mm. or or you know, 
at the at the race hauler meeting five ten people that were somehow connected to one of the sponsors on your car. That's cool. So you, you every morning that so so at first it was like man I can't believe I got to do all this stuff before I go get in the race car. But then it becomes part of your routine. You just got to get into the mental place of I'm going to talk to these people, but like I'm talking, yeah. they're talking through me. <laughs> I, whatever just they're saying, didn't say yes. yeah, yeah. It, it was. I mean, it was hard for it to actually penetrate because wow. I'm thinking. Okay, Think about what you got to do. I wonder what that car is going to feel like for, you know, turn one. Okay, we made these adjustments for practice. So the whole time I'm thinking about that, but I'm interacting. Mm. And I'm putting on a smile and I'm shaking hands and taking That takes skill on. by itself. It took, it took a long time to really get comfortable with, with doing that. And then, and then you go to what they call the, you know, the driver's meeting, which is basically a bunch, bunch of sponsors and, and you know, mm. dignitaries or whatever that are there. You're really not there learning. It's not like they're saying, hey, here's how you're going to drive the race today. I mean, you already had that all figured out. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> if we're trying to figure it out. It's a day in a race. It's a day in a race. Come on. Hey, you know where the clutch is? I thought it was a big left turn. <laughs> but but what, I, what, what really became part of my routine later was, was would – from that moment, from the time you finally got away from all of the, the the distractions, was I would I would go do a warm up just you know, and this is more when I got older, my body started failing on me, my back issues and things like that. But just I get on a bike, I'd warm up, do a few stretches, exercises, mm-hmm. have somebody you know kind of push me a little bit, and and then I would go get into my you know race uniform. But it was left leg. Right leg, left sock, right sock. Superstitious? I mean, it, I, you know, I mean, you could look at it that way. Uh. I think you could look at it that way. I, I didn't look at it that way, but I'm going to tell you what, right now, if, if I have somebody, like, if my crew chief walked in, he's like, hey, man, what about, I'd be, put my, uh, hang on one sec. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and come back. No! So, so I did not want to mess up the routine. Gotcha. You know, I wasn't about, like, lucky pennies and oh, anything like a, like, like a baseball player almost yeah. i mean some like or eat, sure. or like yeah. eat like a, like, like a, eat all your fries no matter what yeah, <laughs> yeah like no, if you I like if you like were that. like if you were a former pitcher like you? like backstage joe <laughs> backstage joe is a former pitcher who they knew he he would eat fries and they would do various things with those fries oh, no. and he still had, he to, had eat to eat them, them all because thing. you know uh, it didn't have you know it the fries had more to do than his actual velocity of arm strength. It was just a prize. <laughs> of course, I didn't know. No skill involved. Uh, no, no skill. And now he has so much, you know, like post-traumatic <laughs> that, it, that it carries over. And like, we can't, we have to have certain meetings and we have to have certain post-games. and Counseling. <laughs> All because of backstage, Jeff. So, yeah, man. That, you know, that, that, uh, so that, so that, that became a, a place for me to just kind of get relaxed and ready. So, yeah. so that routine in that superstition actually was a a time for you to kind of reset to go, okay, we're done with the the sponsorships. Now we're in race mode. Yeah. You still got to go out and do driver introductions. Yeah, but so, I'm just saying but it's yes. I, it, yeah, but absolutely. after driver introductions, it's it's oh, it's on and popping. The, the the best thing that would happen was and and my wife would even tell you that, like when her and my kids were there, because you know NASCAR—that's a cool thing about NASCAR—is you get to interact yeah. with them right, yeah. right until the time you get in the car. It's cool and it's not cool because Uh-oh. you know you're you are in this game mode. Get a little tightly wound. Yeah, man, I'm I'm wound up whether the day before went good or whatever our situation is. I could not wait to get in that car. I mean, like like 
it could be a hundred degrees outside. I'm sweating my butt off, but I'm like, get me in the car because I just want to get in there and get the helmet on, get strapped in, and just truly get into hmm. that place. And and that was, if I miss anything now that I'm not racing, it's those moments like hmm. you get in there and the anticipation of getting the green flag and going racing and competing against uh, you know some of the best out there. That and and with a great team and a great car, that was. Uh, that was a cool thing to, to experience. Talking about getting in the mind frame, I've always wanted to ask a guy, especially because I know you've had some rivals. Now, I've watched you drivers sometimes, y'all. Hold me back. Hold me back. <laughs> Man, I see you guys go after it. But I got to ask you, too, though. Like, have you, like, gotten to that fight mode where I'm a – and then – you you forget to unbuckle. Let me unbuckle my seatbelt. I'm gonna whoop his <laughs> or, or you still got the harness? Well, got, like, well, we, damn harness! We get made fun of because we leave our helmets on. Yeah, right? like you get out of the car so fast. Well, there's been some football players who've been doing that the yeah. last yeah. couple of fights like, too. Man, if you're gonna get in a fight, you gotta take your helmet off. It's like, yeah, yeah I probably should. Have done yeah. That. <laughs> But I, I mean, I, just, I, I one time I did, I, I flipped over a uh, uh, car was upside down, and and especially in a stock car when it's upside down, you have an oil tank behind you and and there's hot oil pouring out of that thing and you're going I need to get the hell out of here yeah I'd say and and so you're laying upside down and you're like okay I know I shouldn't be taking my belts up but I really want to get out of there. I bet I can get out of here and you do it bad mistake worse why mis- because. As soon as you unbuckle, oh, yeah. you, every, you go yeah. you go straight to the roof, your yeah. whole body, you know, weight, and the belts have enough straps and things where usually it's going to catch on something. So now not only are you hanging, but you can't get undone. And oh, oh it's scary. It, you know, it's it's wow. like God, that wasn't very smart. And so I I, I tipped over um it was slow roll at Daytona. It wasn't a bad accident, but it did go upside down. But I ended up upside down. And so I undid the belts. I was like, ah, that was stupid. They they finally got the car right side up, and I got the belts off of me. But I'd taken my gloves off, and that was the really big mistake because as I climbed out, I didn't realize the sheet metal had been all torn up, and it just whew, sliced my finger. Ugh. So I get out of the car, and they're like, oh, blood. You know, and immediately they're calling – you know, people over. I'm like, no, no, no. It's just my finger, man. I just, I just cut my finger. It was not a, it was significant, know, not a great yeah. <laughs> thing. It was embarrassing, but uh, I was wow. like, oh yeah, leave the gloves on. So, what does Na- what does a uh, a NASCAR rival mean to Jeff Gordon? Um, well, it's funny. It means something different to me now. Right now that I do TV. Mm. I'm like, man, we need rivals. Oh, it's like, good for business. <laughs> yes. It's like I totally – when I was in it, when I was – you know, like I had a, a rival with Dale Earnhardt, and, and he played it up good. I mean, he, he, that's, he was a master of that. And me, I was just like, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I just, I just want to go out and do my, my job. I don't want to get distracted. He's just trying to mess with me and get in my head get an advantage or, you know, the media is going to gonna take something and, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to have to answer those questions and deal with it. I don't want to do that. I just want to race. And I probably, I wish I would have played into it a little bit more because I realized 
you know, that the fans, what they love so much is, they, like you mentioned earlier, they love to love somebody, they love to hate somebody, and they love it when there's a rivalry. Hmm. It just it just builds more interest and gives people way more the, the personal aspect of it, the human aspect of it, is sometimes more entertaining than the actual race. Hmm. And we had, I mean, we had a fight this past weekend on, on Saturday, not in the Sunday race, but the Saturday race. Man, that's all we showed on Sunday was yep. these two yeah. guys swinging hey, and going at it. Did they land anything? No, they swing well, t- and a miss, t- both t- of them. Typical NASCAR fight. I I, the, the question is, was it intentionally a miss? You know, oh. I mean, you you connect with somebody, you get suspended. You you know, you get, you, you probably won't be there the next the next week. If, really? If, yeah. If, if they see you make, make contact, by throwing a fist, you're, you're gonna, you can you can wreck a guy like I've done. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, you can do a lot of things, but man, you can't swing and, and hit a guy. So, what about would you get suspended for open palm slap? <laughs> since you can't, I love it. Since you can't punch, <laughs> that's a good. You can smart. Sh- that's a smart way to get around. Yeah, you because if you still keep the helmet on, like I you, can still, you can still smack somebody hard enough, and then well, there's like competitions, right? Slapping competitions, yeah. but you can shove. And you can talk smack, but I don't think you could hit them in any. No form. open palm. Open palm is disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> of, co- of course, That's you'd say that. <laughs> I hey, I didn't backhand a few dudes in the locker room. <laughs> you backhand somebody in the locker room? It's, it's intentionally oh, no. disrespectful. No, hold on. No, hold on. In the, in the <laughs> locker room, in the locker room, you can do all you want. So is it fighting in the? Uh, well, you got to understand yeah. the locker room. Does that's usually just like. The locker room to us would be like at the airport, getting ready to leave. Yeah, they don't really have a or, locker room. Yeah, it, it's uh-huh. it's you know you have your own individual trailer, but if somebody walked up into your trailer oh. and punched you, or you Let's punched re- them, that's that's. So I want to revisit you backhanding people in your locker. Why would you backhand somebody? I mean, you getting a you getting a little tussle with someone and um, not gonna punch because if first of all, if I'm punching, then is you know we really into it. But uh, open for me. The way I was right, open palm is all disrespectful. But a backhand and it, yeah. that's like some old school like so I challenge you to a duel. So hold on. No, so, backhand <laughs> is So you wanted to show your disrespect, but you don't want to actually get into a real No no fight. no. So, so let me see, this is where you explain you missing. If I backhand you, I'm gonna backhand it out of you. Right. So what comes next is when I backhand you, you're gonna come back. And that's where you're gonna catch that two piece. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you orchestrate NASCAR okay. fights, Joe. This is, when you backhand somebody one, everybody goes, did he just backhand him? Yes, I did. Is there like a player symposium? And then for- here's the problem. When he realizes he got backhand, he's going to say, he hit me like a... Right. And then he's going to approach. And then it's on. Then it goes very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I'm backhand a few this is, people. This is, this, yeah. is, this is smoke 101. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, if I backhand you... I have no respect for you. <laughs> clearly. No. I mean, clearly. No, I mean, I, zilch. I, I don't really think that's a respectable you, type greeting. You ever, if you backhand someone, I would oh, say, yeah. oh, he respect the hell out of him. Yeah. I, I've, that's it, a good point. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I never once thought it was like a warm greeting. Because yeah, if I, I punch somebody, I might just be mad at him. It doesn't mean I disrespect him. But if I backhand you, yeah, yeah I, I disrespect I'm quite, out. Quite an education here on... Backhand versus open palm versus. Uh, you know, Let me fist. tell you something. Anytime you' about to fight somebody and an open palm is done, it's not gonna go well. <laughs> so, all right, um, 
so we've digressed, but um, really want to talk about which I think is really cool. You've had 81 polls, which is unbelievable. Um, what what's the key to getting a poll, and when is the poll captured? Again, I know some of this stuff, but then I'm kind of like I get I, I get the opportunity to talk to a great. And you are you have done and doing commentary and analyst work, but you also know exactly what these individuals are trying to sure. accomplish. Yeah. Well, first let's establish there's no actual physical poll. Thank you. I, I, <laughs> yeah, we may even start just, from the beginning. Someone case. may not even know what just, the what it is. Yeah, so, I, and and I think pole position goes back to like horse racing. Oh, okay, okay. Where where there's like. You know, the pole is the there's inside. Some other, there's some other um, jobs that require pole, so I appreciate <laughs> yeah. you clarifying that. <laughs> I mean, you, you said it like that. goes back to, I was like, yeah. Right. <laughs> Horse racing. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Well, I think it may all come full circle in <laughs> some forms, but you win enough polls. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there, Jeff. I see what you did well, there. Well, isn't that very thoroughbredish of you? <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> but uh, but but winning the pole position or being the fastest qualifier, mm. um, yeah, I, I think obviously you know the, the neat thing about racing is it's a team sport, but but it's it's machine. The machine is the athlete is the mm. way I look at it, right? Like like people debate whether race car drivers are athletes, and and don't get me wrong, you got to be in 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 very good physical shape a different type of shape than say like you had to be for, for football, but you got to be in good shape. But the race car, that's what I want to be the thoroughbred. Mm. I want that race car, you know, to have just a little more downforce, a little less drag, a little more horsepower, just a little more grip than anybody else out there. Now, if, if, you know, if all things were equal, which they're not, I'm sorry, it's just not the case. It's just racing 101, the way it's been forever. Somebody's going to engineer something to make one car a little bit better wow. than the next. And NASCAR does an excellent job at, at, at trying to create parity and all the different ways that they, they you know, measure the car and, and, and you know, inspect the car. Great job. But still, there's always going to be a way to, to try to get around that. And so, you know, on, on that day where you go to qualify, it's, it's that machine and it's you and you're just pushing it to the absolute limit of what that car is capable of doing. And, you know, if you do it right, then you're going to be the fastest one and you're going to win the pole position. And, and if, you, if you mess it up, you, you're either going to say, okay, I, I didn't get all of it or the car wasn't capable of more than I got. And so I would, you know, I, I like to qualify. I loved being out there on that single lap, just pushing it. And I was, I was always known to be a driver that, that drove, you know, what we say deep into the corner. So, you know, there's a lift point at every yep. racetrack. There's not Daytona or Talladega, but on all the other tracks, there's this lift point of where you get in there, you might use brake, not use brake, depending on the track and corner size and everything. And you just want to carry as much speed in there, but you really want to get back to the throttle and carry all the speed through the center. 
and I'll back onto the next straightaway. So, you know, I love that challenge, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just that to me that's that's a purity of being a race car driver. So why why is the pole position so important? Well, well because a couple of things. One is it gives you the starting position to lead the field. You mm-hmm. should be able to lead the field. Um, you know, you're side by side, so there's a chance that you might not, but gives you the best opportunity. Plus it allows you to get a better pit stall. So so where your pit crew is gonna do their work. If you're the pole position, or if you're you know if you're number one on the grid, you get to pick where you want to be first. Ooh. So it, gives, it has an advantage throughout the entire race. And it seems like that's what it's all about: is what tiny advantage can you get every single time? That's right. My starting position, where my where my pit is, the modifications you make on your car. Every, it's NASCAR is almost like a game of inches. Well, too. and and you know we talk about clean air in in racing, and what that means is if you're the first car, all the air that's seeing your car, you know it's it, there's nothing disrupting it. it oh. It's seeing your car first. Okay, so mm. it's attaching itself, giving you the best performance. Mm. As soon as you're the next one back, that air's doing oh. all this. It's all just dancing all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> so dust. it's like getting in a jet wash of an airplane, and and you know they just it's it's not going to attach itself to your car and so you are already at a disadvantage mm. now if you're five ten cars back haul oh, like you got nothing you got no air getting to your car um right. just random now just made me think do you believe nascar will transform talking about clean air act talking about climate change just my thoughts when you said that do you believe nascar will transform itself into uh, electric vehicle racing. Well, one day they'll have to. I mean, you know, mm. uh, y- you know. I think NASCAR plans to be around for a long time. A lot of the race teams plan to be around for a long time, and you see where the future is going in mm. in automobiles. Um, so it, it's hap- it's happening now. Um, you know, is it electric? Is it is it? Because uh, it's thirty so minutes to charge, though. But I'm just some even something sure. that is even more, a supercharged station is. Thirty I get what minutes. you're asking. It's something that's more sustainable, though. Yeah, right. But I, and no, I wasn't. I, I, I wasn't asking like higher level. I was asking bare bones. Yeah, do you electric, believe yeah. well electric cars? Because yeah, it, a lot of what we do is driven by the OEMs, right? Mm-hmm. And and so if, if they're that's initi- OEMs, though. Oh, that that was, I said yeah, but I really <laughs> I was like I don't really think but I know. Basically, what that means. the manufacturer of the vehicle. Oh, okay, you know? okay. So so oh, yeah, Chevrolet yeah. and Ford and Toyota. Toyota um, or any other manufacturer that wants to come into NASCAR, if they say, listen, electric vehicles is our future, that's what we're going to be building, we need to find a path to introduce that to NASCAR, then it's going to happen. You know, I I think there's already discussions about it, but I think that what you're going to see is similar to what we've seen in Formula One. Uh, Now, there's an all-electric formula uh series out there right now and what they do is they swap cars it's crazy so they start one car and run that thing till the battery's out come in and they get into another car and then now i heard that this year they're gonna have one car with one battery but it's all about managing the power throughout the whole race so like you might say hey right now i'm gonna use 20 percent of my battery to pass these two cars ahead of me but then I'm going to have yeah, swap out 20% less later. And yeah. in, in, right now I'm just talking about the one car. But yeah, this series, it's called Formula E. When they started, you had two cars because they couldn't run long enough. I know. Because it took so much power. Because of the speed. Yeah. If you have yeah. the speed. Exactly. I, I, just I, have a, I have an electric car, so that's why I was asking. Yeah. So what? But what's going to happen, I think, in what we've seen in Formula One, where they introduced an electric motor just for boost, right? Just for extra power, just to help the car accelerate off the corner. And, and now you're starting to see 
Ferraris and other cars that have um, Porsche Ferrari that has this in it that makes the car actually perform better. So mm. you take a gas-powered engine and the electric power. I think that's what you're going to see NASCAR do initially. Whenever that time comes, they'll probably just have some kind of electric motor, and it might be a boost to pass right mm. to to that you get to use so much of it throughout the race like maybe a, it regenerates like regenerates the extra, time, the yeah. extra <clears throat> you earn it like in yeah a, oh yeah yeah not fan vote yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you or you're like hey you got to win two replays overturn yeah. to get the third one yeah i mean there's there's some of that so i i think it's gonna now i will tell you this if we ever go all electric the thing i'm gonna push the hardest for mm-hmm is that it's got to make some kind of sound, right? Like, like <laughs> I don't want to hear the the hissing and whistling of of the drivetrain or the electric motor winding up. Uh, there's there's technology out there right now for electric vehicles, um, you know, that make their own amplified sound. Just make it sound cool, whatever yeah. it is. You know, if, if Chevrolet or Ford or Toyota says, okay, we're going all electric, no problem. But man, give me some cool sounding. Mm-hmm thing that, that yeah. when that car goes by I'm like I'm not gonna say that's a V8 I'm gonna say that's a kick ass sounding car yeah just gotcha. happens to be electric we have to take a break and more than anything we gotta pay some bills mm-hmm. you got check I love cut to it and I, I love it even more when you download us and subscribe and you can follow us on social media too Smitty where, where at that's at cut to it on Instagram. What about Twitter? At cut to it. Facebook. Cut to it featuring Steve Smith Sr. What about online? And you can follow us at cut to it podcast.com where you can buy merch and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my answers questions. Um, I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. Cut to it podcast.com. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides. Loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC.
All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Mr. Cheeks, co-founder of the legendary hip-hop group Lost Boys. He's also a solo artist with four albums of his own, and he's a native of Jamaica, Queens, New York. Not putting you on the spot of, you know, downplaying the One current versus the other. Versus, no question, no question, no question. But listening to rap now, some, some artists, you can't tell between the chorus, the hook, the hook, the bridge, the br you can't. I don't. I can't separate it. Yeah. It's like it's all the it's same. All the same. Nah, you a hundred percent right. Right. It's all like through the whole song. And you, yeah. and, and, yeah. and, 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 it's, not, it's not even a real yeah. sixteen bars. No, it's like two bars. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like the game got like. Remember we said three verses in your records. Yeah. yeah. They don't do that no more. Niggas try to get away with one verse and slide off. And it's like, try. What happened? You, what happened? They're not what I mean, huh? I, they're, they're successfully doing it. They, they winning. Yeah. They winning. Because niggas ain't got time to be listening to the whole stories no more. Niggas is just <laughs> niggas like this now. Niggas want the bag. Niggas want everything so fast. Niggas forgot about what it is, though. Like, they, the game done changed so far that they, they fed these niggas. Or they fed artists like, uh, yeah, it's all about. It the, the radio stations don't even give you, you know, you wake. How you gonna wake up to them and take your kid to school or whatever? And you hear a nigga talking about. I don't even know. I don't want to throw it out because I don't be. Really, I be hearing the records. I'm like, this shit on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> like, Yo, y'all playing? I'm done. We have the same joint. reaction. <laughs> my titty bar joint. <laughs> What they doing, man? It's eight o'clock, but nah. But um, it's different in the game. Hey, it's eight o'clock in the morning. They talking about oh, right. So about give me. I'm like, yo, let's go. But um, it's just different, man. Um, the game is not the same, man. I mean, a lot of people that used to really care about the game, the Zex and all of that, them they don't care no more. They care about YouTube like likes and all of that. It's yeah. not really. It's it's not even about like talent no more. It's about likes and shit, like. It, the 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 chick that glued her hair. <laughs> if this bitch come out with a record, y'all niggas get out my face, man. I ain't doing it. If these niggas get this bitch that got the gorilla glue tapped to the head, y'all wildin', man. She, but you know that's what happens because that's why I'm just saying of the that's of fame. That's how easy it is, man. You back in the days we had to work for what we made, man. We had to work for like right now. I worked for talking with y'all right now. It's 20. I, I put my first record my first record out 1995. That's yeah. 2021. I'm talking to motherfucking Steve Smith, nigga. Yes, that <laughs> um, big fan. You already know that. You know what I'm saying? Man, love to the fan. Shout out to G. I'm with y'all, man. Whatever. I'm cutting to it all. I'm cutting to it in 2021. Man. I think if, what you're saying is it's the longevity, right? Like the That's what guys I'm like. Jay That's is rapping. Nas is still rapping. They have longevity. They still have the storytelling. They still have the history and 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 paying homage to the game. Yeah. Right now, yeah. it is, I hear exactly what you're saying. Though the point is, people are just taking 
advantage of that 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. Hey, I ain't mad at it. Microwave generation. And, My- and, and the other part hot is hot pocket generation, nigga. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Instant noodles. Yeah. <laughs> Cup of noodles. Because but here's the thing though. Then they get, and I'm not going to name a person, but they take four years and they <laughs> save up and they, and they take all their money and they get a diamond impressed in their forehead. Oh, man. <laughs> we just going to different shit. <laughs> <laughs> he had to take it It's different, right? Yeah. It's different. It's different. It's different. It's different. Oh, uh, man, you know, every time I see that, every time I see the homeboy with that in his head, man, I think about, you know, my man from the, uh, the, 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 when the, the superhero shit, nigga pulled that shit out of his head, like. Oh, <laughs> the Avengers. Yeah. Avengers. Uh, like, yo, this nigga got the Avengers. Uh, got the Avenger joint in his head. That's crazy. Niggas is putting Avenger joints in their head. It's cool. Fuck it. I'm just, I'm just rock these gold teeth, man. Smoke this weed. <laughs> The moral of that story is stick oh, on lane. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Niggas is rock stars. You gotta, you gotta remember now. I know. Yeah. Hey, but here's the thing though. Niggas is rock stars, baby. <laughs> hey, don't don't leave no cabinet open and, and hit your forehead. <laughs> oh. Don't leave no cabinet open. <laughs> yeah, niggas crazy than me. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. Yo. Hey, he giggling because he done left a he done left a cabinet door open and forgot. Yeah. But he but he don't have a diamond in the middle of his forehead, does he? Oh. Uh, no. Oh goodness. Word. Right. I, I want to know this. What happened to music videos? Man, I grew up watching jukebox. Oh man, or the the, the basement. Yeah. Yo MTV jams. Yeah. What? Why? Why are music videos gone? Where them shows at? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know where those shows are either. <laughs> but why? What? Why? You used to make a song when you did a song, you had to follow up with a music video. Yeah. Facts. Because if your music video, sometimes a music video would show yeah. your actual song. Like that's how people that's how, that's people, how people consumed it. Yeah. yeah. The visual. The visual. I don't know. Yeah. The visual. Yeah. Like, so how how has it? I mean, if you don't mind breaking it down, like just really how the game has changed. How the bro. game has changed, the money, the money. Like, cause because everyone thinks every rapper that has made it has that bag, and right. that's the case. There's a lot. I mean, you mm. look at Tony Braxton. You look at some of these, some of these artists who's who have had multiple mm-hmm. albums who've mm. later come out and they say, "Hey, I had a bad contract. Or I had a bad, a bad deal. contract, or the or the deal was not what I thought it was." Yeah. Um, then you, you and then you hear and some they weren't people, getting the bag. Yeah. And you hear some people, they talking about how, you know, going on tours, the way you make your money. I, I, I just I just want to know, like, how is it changing? How, you know, for the good and the bad or and why is all this stuff? Everybody think like like football. There's 53 guys on the roster. Right. But they're really only about 12 guys making buku. Mm-hmm. Then, then the other 40 something of them, uh, they don't. I, you know, they, they, they're yeah, doctors yeah. and lawyers. But but they they aren't right multi millionaires that people assume they are. Mm-hmm. Now what niggas is it's a different game, brother. You know what I'm saying? Like when we was in the game, mm-hmm. 
We had to go to labels and get deals and fight yep. for it. And you know, now, like I said, it's like they're just giving out the money right now, whatever sticks to the wall, bang, you know. That's how I look at it. I ain't even mad at saying that shit. No, but no, like, I'm but when you say they they giving money, you know, not using, money not using yourself as the example, but now you can use me as an example. I'm saying that mistakes. No, no, I know I'm just talking about as far as like what's what is a you saying they're giving money away? What's a lucrative deal that that you're hearing that that's out there? Oh, they lucrative deal. They got the three sixties going on. You feel me? No, I don't know what. Well, yeah, explain yeah. explain to us what a three sixty uh, deal. You asked me, I'm feeling you. I don't. I didn't, I, I, they I taking know. all your show money. They are giving you the biggest shows because they taking some of that money. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just what it is. They give you budgets because they getting their money at the see what the records do. You know, like like it always been. But I, I really ain't been in the industry, so I ain't really been in the game. I got my own label and all that. I know my own little routes that I'm taking the, the way to sell records and all of that. So it's like, I'm, I'm, how can I explain? I really like, when they're giving out these deals now, it's 360, when they say 360, like I said, they taking most of the, it's really like not, not they, your you career. Know, they take like everything. They take it. When you do shows, you don't, you don't give your label the money. You know what I'm saying? When you do, you selling merchandise, you don't get your label. The label don't get that money. I that mean, yours. That's supposed to be you all day. Like, but now they got the, like I said, three. You might have to talk to somebody else that know about the really good three sixty. But like I said, I mean, I ain't been in the game in about what the industry. Industry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've been in my own runs, doing my own thing, my own still popping, and but it ain't really like with a label and all of that. So with my own label and my own, you know my own backing since when we was doing it. So, but it's just like, yo, the game is just mad different right now. I can't really explain it because I ain't really playing that game with them no more, you know? But like I said, um, would you, would you say, would you say that guys are in the rap game right now? Not everybody. You know, we're not talking about the Drakes. We're not talking about the Kendrick Lamar's. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the big guys. We're talking about the middle of the road guys. Right. They looking apart, but it doesn't always equal up to the part. Facts, facts, facts. A lot of lying going on. A lot of front. A lot of bullshit. A lot of clout chasing. We get it. We get it. But sometimes you got to fake it to make it, you know? That's a little... So, that's how, the boy. so how long, based off what you've experienced, guys that you, you hung around with or guys that you've seen or you battled up against that, you realize even back then they was clout chasing. But in the end, they lost. Like how you what you know? Be, and the reason I say that is in not naming. No, you, I got I got exactly what you're saying. Because I'm like spending money on their trash ass music and front like they balling and their yeah. records ain't selling. So then they ain't really getting the bag. They're just spending the bag that they got from the whatever they got it from. So I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas confront all day. They give me on a thousand. I'm a front hard body. Do what I gotta do. But if my record don't sell. And the shit don't really pop off. I mean, the excitement is popping, you know what I'm saying? If I ain't really making it happen to get that money back, I mean, it was all worth nothing, you know what I'm saying? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, a nigga loan me some money to do what I got to do, but I don't I don't come through from him giving me that money, but I was fronting like I was having it and doing it like bing, 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 and it didn't really turn out that way. Mm. Now I'm sitting, on the, I'm sitting on the shelf looking crazy, yeah. right? You understand what I'm saying? No. So, Gotcha. Niggas that be front with the bag. I don't know. I can't really talk for that nigga. You know, because yeah, no, I, I just I a just, lot of niggas that be doing that shit. Yeah, it's it just every 
there's so much music out there. Yeah. It's really hard to know who's successful and who's not. And, and I was going to say, the, right. now the way that you consume and the way that it's put out, like this, the whole streaming platforms, it's it's a lot to choose from. But then I think also what, what both of y'all are saying is it seems like that's changed the game too. Like the, Can the streaming be good or bad for, for, for the music industry? It, like you said, it's like, it's both ways, man. You know, it's good. That's good for me. I'm yeah. old school nigga. You know what I'm saying? Sony, what they got the iTunes, they got the Spotify, you know, yeah. we use all of that. But uh, yeah, I guess it's good. But then it's also bad because, goddamn, man, you get anybody can sell a record, kid. You know, I don't know, man. I ain't no, I, I ain't no real like music nigga that be hating on niggas' music. No, shit, no, I, I, I'm just asking. I'm not. No, asking. I'm, just, no, I'm yeah. with you. I'm not. Cool I'm, yeah. I'm asking because you. I just going back in the day. First of all, get popped upside the head <laughs> if you order more than one jukebox. Uh, oh, was that like the the the, the the mail thing? No, jukebox was like the back in the days for the for no the back in the day. Jukebox for for Cali dudes was you watch television and you can for ninety nine cent or two ninety nine if it was a feature you call in and you request the box. Yeah, that that music video or that song. Got gotcha. right. Yeah, and that's how they do it now with streaming. Mm -hmm. You just it's on your phone. You yeah. just download it. Right. You you yeah. pay. It's already there. You pay nineteen ninety nine yep. or whatever the case may be, and you can download whatever you want. You want. Yep. And, mm -hmm. and if it's a feature, and it just comes out, you can download it early. Yeah. You know, pay for it. And I just and I just see that things are different. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so and so, being an old school cat, you that have had number of records, when somebody downloads it, yours, you get the residual, mm -hmm. but. You capture back in the day, you were able to capture that information. Yeah. Right. right. Now, right. it seems like the, uh, it seems like it's harder to understand how they capture it. Oh, yeah. Because There's a lot of so, wiggle room. It's, it's yeah. so much with that $20 a month, I can get, I could download as much as I want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You got any Peloton, yeah. right? I get on the Peloton, I'm, I'm running yeah, yeah. the whatever. Right. Right. Down. It just seems it just seems as music has still stayed the same with expression. Yeah. The way you can consume it yeah. around the world is different. Right. Hell yeah. Right. It's all the streams, man. And, and and the question becomes, what is the cost of a stream? And that's a, that's an open ended question. But yeah. it, it goes it goes back to from an artist perspective, like Mr. Cheeks is talking about, like, I'm sure you, you knew back in the day, all right, I'm selling the CD. I get a, I get a cut of the CD, but now it is, it is very different in, in the means of the streaming has just changed the way that people consume and the way that people purchase. Yes. It's a crazy game brothers. You know, um, I remember, I just remember uh, like when you could buy an album, remember you could buy an album, really enjoy an album. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No fat, you don't fast forward, no records. Uh-uh, uh -uh, man. No. Remember those it's days? Lost art form too. Yeah. It's a lost, it's a lot of loss, man. But uh it's still out there though. Don't get it twisted, cuz there's some good artists that still got albums out. Like, you know, She Loom got a new album out. She Lou. Um uh Royal Flush has got his 25th anniversary. Underground shit I, I love so much. You know what I'm saying? I, I, so I just want to shout that out, shout those out. Under but, um, underground still is as prominent as it is. 
hip hop is coming back, man. I mean, like, you know, it's every time it's like a circle of things that go down. Yeah. And the boom back is on his way back. The boom back is uh, on his heavy way back. Heavy air stuff, yeah. Yo, um, check this out. My man, you know, Brucey B. Yeah, the original, you know, from Wild Style and all that. Mm-hmm. Brucey B. I mean, not Brucey B, Busy B. Yeah. It's cool, Busy B. He got a record out right now that they ain't really paying attention to it, but it's so hard. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's like, it's like we don't really pay attention to uh, like, you know what I'm saying, music like we used to because it's not really out there to force it to get or to, to hear because they're so flooded with everything else right now. You know what I'm saying? It's like Very took away from the real, the, the, the classic ways of making music and really putting in that work and them tracks from Pete Rock and you know what I'm saying? Like, oh man, oh shit. But I don't mean to jump off the, off the, off the course, but yeah, I miss music like that. And uh, it's on its way back though, trust me, man. I mean like- When you were growing, when you were growing up talking about music on its way back, how yeah. thick was the East Coast versus West Coast? Mm. Say it again? How thick and legitimate was the East Coast versus West Coast beef? How thick was it? Yeah, because you know sometimes people be like, ah, oh, it wasn't legit. It was just all for, how, it was all- it, it, How it was, authentic was it? Yes, it was just all for, it was all for show. It wasn't all for show because two niggas died, right? No, yeah. man, that shit wasn't no show. Shit was real, yeah. but- um. It was a real beef. I mean, it, was a, it wasn't really like no really our beef. I mean, but we was back in Biggie because he was on the East Coast and the niggas that was with Tupac was back in Pac over there. I mean, but you know, the let me tell you the, beauty, the beautiful thing about that East Coast, West Coast beef. Me and the motherfucking Dog Pound shot Music Made Me High remix out in LA together, East Coast, West Coast, while that beef was going on. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't really like, it was like, Diddy and Shook shit, nigga. And a lot of people got caught between that shit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not saying it like that, but I'm saying it like yeah, that. Yeah. But you're saying it- That's it, what it, life it, was, man. It's a lot of other shit. Not the main characters. Biggie and Tupac beef. They had the music going on, but other, other elements came about, you know? But it, it, and, seemed, it seemed like because of the beef that the realness and the hard work East Coast tried to Outwork West Coast. West Coast tried to outwork. Oh yeah, yeah. Coast. yeah. The music was so direct, yeah, but also so original, so creative. Because whatever you came out with, then the, the that side of the coast had to come back. Yeah, they had to come back with something with else. more substance. So and then, it, and then it birthed more because, like, yeah. like Mr. Cheeks is saying too, like. I think they were able to merge him, them and the dog pound were able to merge. And then later on, then you got the South rising up, right? Like you got, you got outcast came into the first. So even having that, but still you were able to birth other projects and other places from the country able Mm -hmm. to, to bring about good music as well. That's a fact. We look at that like that, like when East coast and West coast is beefing, motherfucking AT aliens came and all that shit. That shoulder. I'm from North Carolina. I remember, I remember all of that. I think it's about that time. Just uh, take a little breather. Cut to it. Cut to it. Let's get down to it. 
Hey, Gerard, where did you get that T-shirt? You mean this thing? Oh, yes. I got it from CutToItPodcast.com, where we have exclusive merchandise. Shout out to our guys at 704 Shop. But yeah, you can go on, buy you a T-shirt, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough. But these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! (laughs) And outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Muggsy Bogues. He's not just the shortest player to ever play in the NBA. He's a 14-year veteran, most notably with the Charlotte Hornets, first-time All-ACC at Wake Forest, and overall great and iconic legend in the NBA. Let's talk ball. And again, you were the 12th overall pick with the Washington Bullets, then you were traded a year later. When you were drafted, you had dreams and goals and aspirations. At what point in your career of your first year that you that you realized that there were some goals and aspirations that were just kid dreams? And then you realize that, you know, you have an opportunity to do something that you've daydreamed, dreamed about, you know, fantasized about that. It, it was really in your grasp to, to do. Well, I think, you know, my first year with the Bullocks, you know, you come there with a lot of expectations, a lot of goals. You know, you, you're being drafted. You want to be the rookie of the year. Uh, you want to make sure that, you know, you, you're among the top, amongst still. You want to make, you know, you just have certain personal goals that, you know, that you set for yourself because those are the things that you know you're capable of doing. Um, of course, 
um, during the middle of the, during the course of the season, we had a coaching change, and that kind of changed a little bit of some of my playing time um, and the way they were the style of play, how they wanted to play. And then I realized, you know, it may not happen this year with the some of the goals that I had, uh, you know, floating in my head. But at the same time, you know, you you you. you can't lose that confidence within yourself because, you know, once that happened, you know, that, 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 that really takes control of, you know, all your, you know, your body for your, 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 the way you play, the way you act and all that stuff. So the confidence always stayed at the forefront. It was just a matter of waiting for the right opportunity to, to get, to showcase it. And I knew, um, during the end of the, uh, first year to, uh, with the Bullets, things were starting to change. You know, things were starting to kind of, you know, not be the way I had envisioned. Um, then we go into the playoff, and then my, my, my minutes is cut a little more um, during the playoff, and I kind of, you know, start to wonder what was going on. But, again, after we take, you know, Detroit to five games, that's where it was the best out of five then. After the meeting, I felt like, you know, things were still good. You know, things were good after we had that exit meeting. But then, again, now in hindsight, knowing that it wasn't, it was just, a, you know, fuck what they were saying. You know, I just – it just kind of messed with your head a little bit. But I never lost my confidence, though. It was just a matter of waiting for that right opportunity. And then even coming down here in Charlotte, you know, still faced with the same situation with Dick Harder, you know, being – you know, not believing in the small guard, uh, still had that hang up on, I need a taller, bigger guard. And, you know, one one incident, he actually went in George Shin's office. And, uh, you know, this was George and George Shin that told me. He actually went in George Shin's office. Uh, and, you know, George Shin is not tall himself. You know, George ain't about five, 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 six himself. So the coach happened to go into the office and he gets down on his knees and put his arms up to George Shen and say, George, this is what I'm faced with every night when I play Muggsy. <laughs> and George and George Shen kind of looked at him like, really? You, he actually, you're going to get on your knees and you do this to me in, in front of me about Muggsy? And, <laughs> and Lord knows, of course, we was in San Antonio. Of course, Dick Harder got fired right afterwards. And um, and then when Jay Littles took over, then that's when, you know, that's when I started to really, you know, excel and, and, and become, you know, the player that I wanted to become. Did you have any superstitions while you were playing? No, I didn't really have any superstitions. You know, a lot of guys, some guys had superstitions. For me, it wasn't. I ain't had no rituals that I did, you know, I – because everything kind of came spontaneous for me, you know. But I always, of course, I got to the game at the, at the right time. I always got to the game at a certain time. And I always kind of had a little routine where I stayed in the locker room and made sure that I ain't come out the locker room until 6.15, you know, to do my little warm-ups because I knew that the little kids and everybody was going to be out there lined up. And I wanted to make sure that I get an opportunity to make sure I greet them to go shoot and then come on back before the 6.30, uh, you know, for the time to go out for 
So that was the only you know, that was the only thing I really did. I didn't, I ain't had no uh, no particular rituals that I did. Do you believe the game has changed, and if so, how has it changed? Well, it definitely has changed, and you know what? And in all honesty, I I, I kind of like the way the game is, and every era has its mm. its its way of uh, a way of play. Yeah. You know, even back in the sixties. And the seventies, you know, those guys were more of a it was a slower pace type of uh game, more cutting, um, more passing, you know. The game has evolved so much, you know, back in my era, you know, in the eighties, I mean, you know, we had guys, you know, they have seven footers, you know, they play with their back towards the basket. Mm-hmm. You know, today's game, we got the seven footer, you know, they facing the basket, yeah, bring the ball up the court. And yeah. you know, the emphasis on the three point shot is a lot more. Um, you got a lot more the, the, the court is spread open a, a lot than what it was for us you know it was more packed it in where the guys could camp in the lane a lot um, we could hand check it was a more physical when we played you know it's not as physical as today but you know that, that's all have to do with the scoring you know the excitement of the game the fast pace of the game and uh, so you get to see you know the skill sets of the players you know which is What's remarkable today, you know, seeing a guy like LeBron, you know, in his 17th year still being able to, you know, put up the numbers that he's able to do and still be productive. I mean, the game has changed and allow these guys to play a lot longer, I should say, today. We always, you know, you hear this debate now, especially me being in the media. At mm. times you hear this GOAT debate, you know, mm. why – why has this topic of discussion come up so much? I have no, I have no idea, Smitty. I really don't, man. Because you know, you're talking about the goat, the goat. I mean, everybody played the game and impacted. You know, totally different. You look at Wilk Chamberlain and Bill Russell and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Magic. Magic is my guy. You know, mm-hmm. Magic and. You know, the MJ and LeBron. But the thing about what I say about all this is that when I look at a player, an athlete, and only guy that I see as polished as he was and had no deficiency in his game was MJ. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, that's that's where it separates from because – when you got the fundamentals aspect of the game and then the athletic ability, but to the point to where, you know, you can, it's off the charts with his athletic ability. I mean, it was breathtaking to see it. And it wasn't that he did it on one end of the court. He did it on both ends of the court. You know, nine time defensive champion, as well as the, and the thing and the killer instinct that he had, but the, just the bottom line, just, you know, it just that, you know, everybody, every player has some sort of deficiency in their game. Every player. Every player has some sort of, even, you know, I take it from LeBron, Kobe, everybody has some sort of deficiency. MJ was the only guy that was able to perfect his deficiency yeah. that he had when he first came into the league. And that was just his shooting a little bit to where he increased it to the range that we're it was three point, and then once that happened, it was you know it was no way you could stop. Six, six rings after that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Six rings after that, but 
you know, people don't understand. It's the way he, he, he the, the way MJ had that killer instinct. It was like, you know, you knew two men was going to try to stop him. He was able to create space and still make that play, you know, and he never shied away from making that play. And that's the thing that stands out about him. When uh, reminisce with a lot of guys because, you know, you look at LeBron, LeBron will make a play, you know, and sometimes he will shy away from that moment. And, you know, and it's no, it's nothing to knock on him. It's just he's looking at the game the way he see it and how he feel like, you know, he can impact it. In my time, it might be a pass. It might be a shot. Who knows? You know, but MJ, you always knew it was going to be a shot unless three, 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 four came in double team and he kick it out to Steve Kerr to make the shot. But other than that, you know, all of them the GOAT for me, man. They all, that GOAT stuff is kind of crazy. You know, they're always some heck of a basketball players, and, you know, they all kind of within their own right, the best at it. You are a unique person. You are well worth it. You are competent. And most of all, you're lovable. I'm Steve Smith Sr. I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr. That is me is a production of Cut To It LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi, social media team. Wesley Robinson and John Show from Balto Creative Media. Cut to it is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter with production assistance by Alex Lebrecht, production coordinator Taylor Robinson. Theme music by Alex Johnson, lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. It's on. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more, connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and an Apple Watch 
for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. (laughs) 